Hello, this is Bo Buchanan, and I am here speaking on the level with Glenn Van Steeter. Uh, I just ran into Glenn. I walked into the uh, Paradise Valley Silver Trowel Lodge, Lodge, which is not far from my house, and uh, Glenn was just the first one to talk to me. <laughs> and he had no problem talking, so I figured he'll be a good interview. So, uh, Glenn, I don't even know you from Adam, so do me a favor. Introduce yourself. Tell me the name of your Blue Lodge and any offices or titles you have connected to that Blue Lodge. My name is Glenn Van Steer. Uh, I'm a past master of Phoenicia Lodge number 58, which is the lodge I'm currently an active member in. I'm also a past master of Twin Peaks Lodge number 32 in Midvale, Utah. I am currently the secretary of Phoenicia Lodge number 58. I am also an advisor with the Paradise Valley DMLA, the secretary of the uh, Arizona DMLA Legion of Honor Preceptory. And uh, up until very recently, I was also the Conclave co-director for Arizona DMLA. And what else do you do? <laughs> that's a joke. That's, I think that's enough. <laughs> and no, any other organizations? I think you covered them all there. Right? Uh, no, not quite, actually. Okay. I'm also a member of uh, Scottish Rite. Uh, just recently transferred my membership from the Orient of Salt Lake City to the Orient of Phoenix. Oh, welcome. <laughs> I am also. Um, tell me, where were you uh, raised as a Mason and how long have you been a Mason? I was raised a Master Mason in, on December. 20th, 1999 in Twin Peaks Lodge number 32 up in Utah. So that means I've been a Master Mason now for just a little over 17 years. Oh, com coming up on 20. Yep. Did they give a 20-year pin or no? Another no, they don't. They okay. did a 25-year pin uh, from the Grand Lodge of Arizona. Um, the 50-year pin comes with all kinds of doodads. Right, right. 25-year pin is they pretty much just give us four bucks, throw it at right. the Mason. I'll be lucky if I ever make 50 years. I don't know if I'll live that long. Um, <laughs> When did you first become aware of this thing called Freemasonry? A friend of mine by the name of uh, Preston Martineau, who was a co-member in another organization that we belonged to, it was, uh, shockingly enough, the Society for Creative Anachronism, which is a Middle Ages living history recreation organization, and uh, he mentioned the fact that he had been an active Mason, had dropped out of it, but he was thinking about getting back into it. Well, my father was an apprentice in Kaibab Lodge, number 25 up in Utah, and my grandfather was a member of several lodges in Utah, uh, as well as involved in Scottish Rite, York Rite, and the Shrine, and I knew that. So I thought, okay, there's a family connection there. So uh, I decided to, to apply at the closest lodge to my house, which happened to be Twin Peaks Lodge. Twin Peaks. So the next question I usually ask is, why did you decide to join Freemasonry? It sounds like you had some family connections and that's what drew you in. That was part of it. The biggest reason is my daughter actually uh, wanted to become a member of the local Job's Daughter Bethel. And uh, there was a fellow by the name of Paul Pullman who was the Associate Bethel Guardian of uh, Bethel Number no. 5 in Salt Lake City at the time, who was a member of Twin Peaks Lodge. And after about nine months of watching you know, what these Master Masons and other adults were doing on behalf of my daughter, I got involved with the advisory council, and, or actually they're called guardian councils in uh, Jorby's, and took on a guardian council position, and that was when Paul basically popped the question, he said, well, you want to serve on the council, um, if you ever want to be the associate of the guardian, you have to be a master mason in good standing. Is that something that would interest you? And I said, you know, I think you seem to be a pretty good guy, so let's go ahead and give it a try. And I've been a, not only have I been a member of uh, Freemasonry since 1999, but I have been an officer in the lodge every single year I've been a Mason. Wow. Now, do you know Ron Guzman? I do know Ron Guzman. He is a, uh, uh, don't know him very well, but I know that he is the Associate Alpha Guardian for Bethel number 19 here. Yeah. That means that this building is now. I interviewed him earlier today, so <laughs> I figured you might know who he was. Um, 
What is it that, that keeps you coming back to Freemasonry and makes this thing important to you? Uh, the biggest thing for me is masonry support in public education. Um, our lodge is a very strong supporter of the Arizona uh, Fred Stewart Bikes for Books program. We give out uh, a number of bikes every year to uh, advanced readers. Uh, we support Campobello Elementary School, which meets about two miles from here. Uh, we provide them with, uh, when they do their parent-teacher conferences, we, uh, we do barbecues for their teachers so they don't have to go off-site to go get something to eat. We also provide uh, 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 teacher grants, uh, several hundred dollars a year that we give out to teachers who apply to purchase things like uh, you know, flashcard programs, computer programs, you know, things that help their students. Um, and, and for me, it is all about what does Freemasonry do for the community? If uh, I were not involved with Masonic Youth in, in the form of Demolay or Jobies, uh, and if there was no real uh, effort on the part of Masonry to improve the condition of children everywhere, I probably wouldn't be a Mason. Yeah, it's not, I think that's one of the things that everybody keeps telling me the reason why they join is they join they want to give back, they want to do something for somebody else. I mean, Absolutely. that's a recurring theme I hear, I hear coming back from brothers. Can you tell me, is there a, a brother that stands out to you that is someone who embodies the ideals of Freemasonry that we talk about, or someone who had a big impact on your life as a Mason? In uh, my lodge up in Utah, that would without question have to be uh, past Grandmaster James D. Wadley, who uh, uh, served that jurisdiction in 1992. He was a member of Twin Peaks Lodge. He was on my investigating committee. Oh wow! And uh, so he, you know, I mean, he answered and was very eloquent in answering my questions about the nature of Freemasonry. I had a very clear idea of what it was when I went in, uh, and he always kind of acted as a Masonic mentor for me as I was climbing the ropes. You know, I haven't seen James in quite a while. He actually lives now in Tucson, and, and I visited him oh, about here. a year and a half ago. Yeah, he. Uh, He's, he and his wife, Laurel, now are very heavily involved with uh, Eastern Star here in Arizona. So I went down to their last installation. Uh, but the, in, here in Arizona, I would say probably Kirk Lockett Sr., who is the Deputy District Grandmaster for District Number 14 and a member of Paradise Valley Silver Trial Watch. He's a great guy. Uh, he's always willing to, you know, if I have any questions about Masonic, uh, you know, whether it's Arizona Masonic Code, which is just different enough from the Utah Masonic Code to screw me up all the time. <laughs> that's a dangerous place to be when you're the secretary, right? You know, you got to know your P's and Q's there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, secretary, a lot of things that I do have an impact on the material well-being of the lodge. So, you know, knowing what Arizona does versus Utah is very important. Uh, but he's also just one of the most friendly guys you've ever met, and he never has a harsh word for anybody. He's always looking for an opportunity to educate Masons, not necessarily berate them when they make mistakes. So he's a fine man, and I would recommend if you get a chance to talk to him, please do so. I, I will put him on my list for sure. Is there anything different about Freemasonry that you, that, you know, when you joined, you thought something was going to be one way or the other, and it's different than you maybe thought it was? You know, uh, even though my grandfather was, uh, you know, a Freemason, a member of many of the appended bodies, my father started out his Masonic career, but then joined the Navy, and that got sidetracked. Um, but outside of that, you know, the only really other thing I had to hang my hat on was what Paul Pullman and uh, Preston Martineau taught me and told me, and they pretty much laid it out. So I had a pretty good idea of what was, you know, what was going on both in terms of what was expected of me as a Mason in terms of both the things that I needed to do, the time commitment, the money commitment that was involved, um, and, and of course the, the fact that 
you are a mason of your own free will and accord. So you can participate as much or as little as you want. Unfortunately for me, I tend to suffer from helium hand syndrome. I don't know how to say no, and so I keep getting sucked into stuff that I probably shouldn't do. My wife has been great in that respect. But uh, no, I had a pretty clear understanding of what masonry was about, at least from a functional standpoint. Obviously, you could spend a lifetime reading about the symbols of masonry and what they mean philosophically. Um, so I'm, I've barely begun that journey, and I've been in masonry 17 years. And then you've got all the other rights. But as far as the functional nature of Freemasonry, no, nah, I've had a pretty good idea coming in, and it's not really deviated. That term is now going to become part of my lexicon now, helium hand syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I have never heard that before. Um, any, any funny stories you can think of of something that's happened in Masonry? I remember once uh, we had what we used to call Kester's Quarry. Uh, it was an out, out, outdoor Masonic degree, and it was the Master Mason degree. So obviously, being that this is, could potentially be listened to by people who are not in Masonry, I have to be very, very generic. But uh, it's probably not divulging too much to say that the initiate, when he is brought into the lodge room, is conducted through a ceremony, okay? And that involves them going hither and thither and around. Uh, and I'm not, probably not also divulging a secret when I say that the candidate is usually blindfolded. So obviously he's trusting on that guy to conduct him around the lodge during the ceremonies of either his initiation, his passing, or his raising. Well, this one guy that, that we initiated in the Twin Peaks Lodge, he was a former SEAL, okay? And he was built like a bowling ball. I mean, just big, round, and hard, okay? And Jim Wiley was, in fact, the guy that was uh, leading him around the lodge room. And for some reason, this guy just decided at some point that he didn't want to go any further, okay? And there's a very good reason for that, but it's a reason I can't divulge, okay? But he just didn't want to go any further because he was a little unclear about what was about to happen next. And... Jim tried to move him into the proper position for a certain thing in the lodge to happen, and Joe was not having anything of it, and Joe just kind of flailed around and broke Jim's nose <laughs> as part of the degree. <laughs> By far the, 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 the wow. semi I mean, the shocking and funny thing that I've ever seen in a Masonic Lodge. Um, amazingly enough, uh, we were able to calm the, the candidate down and explain to him, you know, you're, you're not going to get hurt or anything like that. We don't ever do that in the Masonic Lodge. This is you know, being done for a very specific reason. If you just settle down and let us get through this. <laughs> and he actually ended up becoming a Master Mason in good standing and served uh, Twin Peaks Lodge for a number of years. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's a good story. One of the recurring themes I hear from Masons when I interview them is they say that they, they joined masonry because of one of our attendants, we want to make good men better. Mm -hmm. And most men I meet who are masons have a desire to improve themselves. Has masonry done that for you, and if so, how? Uh, obviously, when I became a mason, um, uh, there's a part where they talk about the fact that the duties that you owe to the lodge will not interfere with those duties you owe to God, your country, your family, or yourself. And Freemasonry actually does put a fairly big premium on being a good man, and that means being a good father, means being a good husband, uh, and also being a good member of the community. And I honestly believe that, although my wife would sometimes disagree with me in the respect that when I'm absent frequently, she doesn't appreciate the fact that I'm away from the house as much, but she thinks, I, you, if you were to ask her, she would definitely say I'm a better husband, better father, got much more involved with my kids, 
after I got involved in masonry. Now, part of that was because my kids joined Masonic youth groups, and I served as advisors on both those youth groups. But even if that had not happened, I, masonry was teaching me that you only have one shot at, at, at unfolding those children into good citizens and good family members. And if you blow it, you're never going to get another chance to, to do it. And uh, I took that and ran with it. And, you know, the fact that my daughter is a, uh, uh, in a finance, she works for Vanguard Corporation as a, a financial investor consultant. My, my son, he's uh, in the Marine Corps serving his country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact is, and I think I, I managed to do a fairly good job, but Masonry had a part of that. Any other stories you want to share or parting thoughts? No, about the only parting thought is that you know the next time that I move out of state to another lodge, I'm probably not going to become an officer. <laughs> so you have some free time in life? Absolutely. <laughs> After being in the lodge for 17 years and having been an officer of the lodge for all 17 years, I'm thinking that at this point I would just like to maybe do a couple of degrees and whatnot, but not necessarily be responsible for uh, the running of the lodge. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I see yeah. what our secretary does for sure. Glenn, it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. You bet.